0: Hey guys,
1: how you doing? This is Zach. This is Stuart.
2: And this is the Backbury Super Show. This is a book club episode.
1: Yeah, this is where we both read the same book and talk Talk about 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 it. it. Yeah, Yeah, it'd be kind of weird (laughs) if we read different books.
2: Yeah, so, um, yeah, I read, um a connecticut yankee and king arthur's core what did you read oh no oh no (laughs) i read dr sleep (laughs) okay yeah no i read dr sleep too because that is the book club book yeah um it's the sequel to the shining which if you haven't read that um or you haven't heard our book club uh uh episode of it um from a while back uh i want to say like march maybe yeah definitely Um, give that a listen to Yeah, because I I think we did a good job with it. Yeah, Um, I think so too. uh, Dr. Sleep, though, is a sequel to the book, uh, not the movie, because Stephen King famously hates that movie.
1: He does, which is kind of interesting because they're making a movie out of Dr. Sleep. Which is a sequel to...
2: The movie of Dr. Sleep that's coming out this year is a sequel to kind of the book but more the movie oh yeah, oh i didn't you know haven't that seen the
1: trailer i have not seen the trailer i thought it was um, more a sequel to the book than the movie no. i wonder if stephen king's going to hate this i i don't know we'll see interesting yeah yeah i don't know who's directing it i'm not sure who's in it i haven't really yeah yeah
2: um but, but yeah with, with back to the book uh dr sleep the book uh this came out in 2013 which yeah, notice so... is a long time from to uh from 1977
1: it's a big gap and it was interesting to sort of see uh, stephen king's justification to revisit this world
2: yeah because i mean this is came out what 36 years after the yeah original yeah and, uh it's funny this idea was generated at a book signing yeah um he he um you know gave it out to people as yeah so i'm gonna make this online poll and whoever wants me to make a sequel to the shining vote or i could write another dark tower story about rolling roland um which he ended up doing both both yeah because he's prolific i wish that i was prolific enough to go Hey, um, I have these two ideas that are equally good, yeah. and all of you love will love them. <laughs> yeah, it's kind
1: of—I uh, don't know why he put up that vote. Um, uh, I'm sure it's probably for, like, publicity and— um, Yeah,
2: well, I mean, and, you know, he even said, you know, if the muse Well, I, I don't know how much of an idea he had, because I think it was more— because the statement that he has in the book if, I, I don't know if you read the the foreword to it i did not but um he's just like you know obviously if the muse doesn't speak then i'm not gonna write right it. yeah um but it, it's interesting to me one of the through lines of this book is the the whole story jumps around in time a lot this focuses on danny torrance um
1: well he is new dan yeah dan because he's an adult
2: he's an adult uh and so dan reflects it rather than than danny Mm -hmm. um it's it's interesting to me that because of all of these traumatic events that dan torrance um has goes through aa and na meetings yeah So a lot of it's Throughout,
1: Yeah, at the beginning of the book, he's kind of traveling from different town to different town, and the best way that he can kind of deal with the drama from the hotel and yeah. even the shining ability is he's kind of doling that sense with alcohol. And yeah. it's not until he gets to Fair, Fairview, uh, his final city where he actually goes to an AA meeting and starts handling that. He yeah. actually gets a um, a sponsor who also knows a little bit about The Shining as well.
2: Yeah, well, and and the reason I think that's interesting is is that the the first book dealt very heavily with alcoholism, mm-hmm. and Stephen King is a famous addict who doesn't remember writing or directing big works that he's known for. Yeah, to like that level of addiction.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: Ooh. and it's rough with him writing it in 2013 and having been sober for over 20 years, like, I can... T- like, that bleeds into the work. Of course,
1: yeah. I mean, you write mm-hmm. about what you know, and clearly Stephen King knows about this. And yeah. Yeah, that's going to bleed into the writing, and I think that's what kind of makes it more relatable. Like, you, you read it, and you believe that, like, Dan has gone through this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, um so yeah the the uh, the book basically we can just go through it i guess because it's mm-hmm. it's it's a thick book it is but a lot of it is dialogue and internal monologue
1: yeah there are like moments in the book where it kind of drags a bit yeah um but nonetheless well we'll get to our reviews at the end yeah but yeah so um he finally sells into a particular city and he starts working at a hospice um, oh well, I, oh, so I was sorry. going to start before that. Oh, okay, so okay.
2: in in the pref or uh, prologue to yeah. the books, prefatory matters mm-hmm. because he has it cut up like The Shining was like there's yeah. these sections and then there are sub chapters within them. Mm-hmm. Um, the first section is prefatory matters and it's Danny being taught by Halloran because in the book Halloran lives. Yeah,
1: he does live. Um, he does not get an axe in the chest.
2: He he takes in Danny and and uh, Wendy, and he. Halloran teaches danny how to contain the monsters by putting them in this box right that, yeah that seals them away and strips them of power um which is interesting we're also introduced to the true Knot. Uh,
1: yeah which that is organization pseudo
2: Romani of... type people they're they're all monsters they're all like psychic vampires
1: yeah that's that's what i i really envisioned were psychic vampires that basically feed on The Shining. They call it, um, smoke or, uh... Mist? Steam. Steam, yeah. Yeah. They call it Steam.
2: Um, they're really
1: weird. Because um, it, yeah. it,
2: it turns out that they... The True Knot, because they live so long, mm. um... They own a lot of land everywhere, and they they pre- they present themselves to the public as like you know the caravan of old, of old people you see in RVs at rest stops along the highway.
1: Yeah, sort of like wanderers or like gypsy folks.
2: Um, and, and yeah, like they're 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 like the Romani. Um, they're very weird though. They they um own lots of property everywhere, so they actually own the land that the Overlook is built on. Because yeah, it generates a lot of what they call steam. Right. Yeah.
1: Because they also feed off of like dramatic are dramatizing areas and stuff like that. Yeah. Not just off of the shining, but like if there was tragedy in a particular place, like a mass shooting or something like that, they can feed off of that like anguish.
2: Yeah. And I mean there's even scenes where they that, that come up later where they the steam is sweeter if they torture the person yeah so there's this graphic depiction of them torturing a little boy yeah yeah Uh, which comes into play later because of other psychic Mm -hmm. people but uh, which we'll get to um but the in prefatory matters we have dan torrance as a grown adult who he is a um he's a nurse He's, he's an orderly uh, yeah. maybe not a nurse, actually, but but he he's an orderly for hospitals and he is just a squalid and desperate addict. Um yeah. he's less person than in more just walking chaos. Um mm-hmm. he That's a
1: good description, yeah.
2: He um we're introduced to him um waking up after a bender where he has he's been beaten because he's gotten into a fight and he's waking up with this random woman yeah that they uh, apparently he spent his entire paycheck buying cocaine and they were up all night doing it and the the thing that that makes him run is basically he realizes when he wakes up in the morning that this woman that he had spent the night out with uh has a toddler has a son that he stops from you know the 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 toddler thinks that the cocaine on the coffee table is candy
1: yeah sugar
2: and obviously the kid would have died had he just eaten a big handful of cocaine yep um and so he stops that from happening um he steals money from from this woman who Mm. is also passed out um and just leaves um and that sticks with him because he still has inklings of the shining. He's not as powerful as he was as a kid because he's been dulling this this power within himself. Yeah so
1: with like self medication.
2: Yeah, well like he has instances when he picks up the kid of like seeing his uncle, quote unquote, like beat the shit out of him, even though he's a toddler. Yeah. Um and you know, his his presump I, I don't know how much of it is his presumption or not, but like he feels that this kid is going to die like if he doesn't do anything and he yeah. doesn't do anything he just leaves
1: yeah um which is hard yeah yeah
2: um and that's that's where that would that, that will come up later yeah <laughs> um the next section is abra It's yeah. titled abra um yeah. it follows dan in uh teeny town set in uh new hampshire i think think so yeah Mm -hmm. um king loves new england (laughs) Um, everything happens in new england um and uh we're introduced to abra a little girl she's more powerful than danny was at his age
1: yeah um, like she was able to reach out to him as like a newborn kid
2: yeah yeah as a newborn child she was able to reach out to him and so he has these flashes and it's just like the hell is going on right Mm -hmm. but they they connect when she gets to be older and so even though she's in another state she's what in like new york
0: yeah i think
2: um she's somewhere else in new england um she's able to write on this chalkboard that's in his the room that he's living in in a hospice uh,
1: yeah and like start talking to him yeah because in the
2: meantime he's been taken on at this hospital um as as an orderly as a hospice worker
1: and again it's when his shining ability kind of comes through because he's able to connect with these old people who are dying and like share memories with them and he basically tells them that like dying is so easy that it's like going to sleep so people start calling him doctor sleep which is the title of the book? Yeah, yeah,
2: um, yeah. He he's able to ease people's transitions mm-hmm. when they when they pass away because of his shine. Through
1: memory. yeah, through that like um, sharing of memories and, and everything.
2: He, he's kind of gotten back into it because he, like you said, he's he's started going to AA. That's one of the requirements of this guy who gets him hired at this this hospice cares. That like, look, you gotta get yourself been, straight. Yeah, he's like, I've been an alcoholic before you if you were at every meeting you go to every meeting for 30 days Mm -hmm. um and so when when danny and and abra connect it transitions into the next section called empty devils
1: yeah and it's interesting um so when they connect do you think that abra's talking more to dan or to tony the uh, dan okay yeah
2: i think tony is kind of a is not a real i think tony is a manifestation of
1: of the power yeah
2: like and not really an entity like i i think that that's something that danny was able to form because he's a very powerful shining okay interesting in possession of a very powerful shine yeah um but uh this section kind of focuses more on on the true knot and steam
1: yeah it kind of gives us a little bit more um in-depth uh information on their organization and everything about Um, like their monstrous acts and how they go to these like big areas of grieving and sort of use the steam from those dramatic feelings and how they start taking people who have the Shining and start feeding off of them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, now, the interesting thing that I... Like, this is the first instance that we have of uh, an idea of, like, sickness spreading amongst them. Yeah, about the measles. Because Yeah, it's basically measles. Measles, yeah. Um, that, that's killing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're running out of steam because they have to replenish every now and then. Yeah. And kids are getting less and less steam.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Hence, why they start like torturing kids to produce more steam so they can feed off of that. But yeah, that's kind of interesting that like you can transmit diseases through steam. steam. Yeah. Um, Because I think they feed on like a kid who has the measles and then it starts like spreading amongst them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um,. And uh, there's an interesting section in here where Danny and Abra come up with this reason for why a middle age, a man in his middle ages would be talking with a 13 year old that are not weird. Yeah, and <sighs> she calls him Uncle Dan, which I think is funny because it's it's foreshadowing. Yes, so
0: yes <laughs>
2: in in the book, um, it's revealed that her mother, Abra's mother, um. No, it's not her mother. It's her grandmother? Yeah, her Momo. Yeah, Momo mm-hmm. was a teacher in a New England school yeah. with uh, Jack Torrance. Yeah. And she had an affair with, <laughs> with Jack, Jack Torrance. Torrance. Yeah. <laughs> and so Abra's mother is Danny's half-sister.
1: Sister. Yep.
2: Um, and it's kind and, of we um, didn't know any of that like because like why would we but yeah like he jack would have been having an affair while he was married,
1: married and as a teacher
2: yeah um and he just kind of left i think she was his she was like a grad like a teaching assistant assistant yeah to from them. like, like grad she wasn't school a
0: student. or something yeah but um, she was much younger
2: but she was much younger than him and so she had Aber's mother um out of wedlock i mm-hmm. guess and so Abra is literally Dan's niece. Yeah. Uh, which is an interesting twist. I, yeah. I feel like it's kind of unnecessary, but it's like, oh, that's funny. Them saying that that it's, they're related, not knowing that they actually are. Yeah, it's
1: it's like the Star Wars universe where everybody's related Everyone's to related. a Skywalker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so, and, and we're glossing over a lot. Like, there's a lot that, like you said earlier, that could be could have been cut i think yeah because there's minor things that don't really go anywhere but just kind of add to the world yeah that i was interesting kind of interested
1: but... what your feel was with the whole like 9-11 thing where when Abra was a little girl like and 9-11 she... happens and yeah and 9-11 happens she kind of senses this um this life-changing event happening yeah and she like starts crying and crying and apparently like she has the numbers of uh, the flight on her or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's just interesting that, like, I know that wasn't really needed in the book. Like, you could have done any sort of dramatic thing. Yeah. It's, like, it's interesting that um, he would, or Stephen King would sort of put that imagery into his books. And I was curious, like, did that kind of jar you a little bit or it could not really not, i mean okay. i
2: i feel like regionally obviously 9-11 is a huge tragedy mm-hmm. but regionally um i feel like people in the northeast are more heavily impacted by it i feel people from mm-hmm. older generations are more impacted by it yeah um not to say that i want because i mean like i remember when it happened yeah. i was in geometry class and they they had footage of people jumping out of wind like i i had to excuse myself and vomit because it was a terrible
0: thing yeah yeah
2: but i I feel like people who were older than us are are uh the the generation before us people that like are in stephen king's generation like our parents are probably more heavily affected by it because they're adults and so like even like violence in media and stuff supposedly affects you more the older you get because you have more life experience Hmm. to to kind of put behind the violence that you're seeing and so you're more averse to it and so i think for him that's the thing that's that's the big standout yeah that he could put in there to go this is a horrible thing because everyone can agree this is a horrible horrible thing. thing
1: yeah um
2: so I, it wasn't... That's a long way of me saying no, not real. Like, yeah. I wasn't jarred by it, but no. I, I mean, it would be weird if he's... It would also be weird to me if he were setting up Steam as being uh, a result of traumatic events mm-hmm. and it being set in 2013 and him not bring it up.
1: Yeah. To, I mean, it's it's definitely... It was a, a very interesting pick, and, you know, I, I don't think that it was wrong for him to like write it or anything like that and you know it it wasn't like super jarring or anything like that it was just an interesting um choice that he made that you know as a writer
2: but it took you out of it a little bit oh it's a little
1: yeah i mean not nothing where i like had to set the book down or something oh sure sure yeah I, i kept on reading but um it was just an interesting choice i thought like um, out of all of the tragedies that you can pick that you know this is the major one it's the most memorable one and it's the one that uh, radiates with all of us so I can understand why he picked that and I just I was wondering what your thoughts were of why you thought he included it versus would you not include it is.
2: I mean, given given the framework that he's presented, um, it makes sense why he yeah. included it.
1: and I um, agree with that. I do agree
2: because yeah, like they they even reference don't don't the true not reference that being a great day for them to get sent. Yeah,
1: yeah, where basically they sat at Times Square and just sucked, sucked up, up all yeah. yeah all the tragedy and grief grievance and whatnot
2: which is a funny commentary on older generations that like to um like nancy grace being a thing like track like yeah delighting in other people's tragedy and suffering not delighting but like
1: using it for using power it for
2: your own reasons yeah 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 um so the the next section then is is uh, matters of life and death mm-hmm. um i think them returning to sidewinder colorado is cool yeah um, it's interesting like i said earlier that the knot owns it as a campground now yeah but that's just where they hang out because one of the the things that just occurs to me as, as i or uh, occurred to me previously when i was talking about why he included um 9-11 mm-hmm. i'm wondering if the point he's getting at in this book because he never comes out directly and says it is that steam is gathered through tragedy yes and trauma mm-hmm. and their their go like their their um collection of it is growing less and less because i keep having to feed on it mm-hmm. and they're not really getting the same hits as they were before yeah except for nine eleven, right mm-hmm. and they own the overlook which was built i can't remember if they say it in the book or not I think it's just in the movie where it's bi- it's built on an old Indian, Indian burial, burial ground, ground. quote yeah. unquote.
1: I think that's only in the movie. But in
2: the book, like it's the site of a lot of like Tragedy. terrible tragedies and and yeah. like, gangsters getting killed and mm-hmm. stuff like that. <clears throat> and I'm wondering if the 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 main thesis of this book for him would be that society is always getting better, mm-hmm. like moving moving to places where there's less tragedy because people are recognizing the things that negatively impact other people
0: yeah
1: i could i could see that as like a a thesis yeah because like
2: they're they're hovered around this place that already has amassed all these these bad memories and this bad like mojo yeah
1: for lack of a better word and they're like and hanging on to dear life they're
2: hanging on to it and the only thrill they can get is by like or not thrill the only only way they can get steam is by kidnapping kids and torturing them it, because there's no like massive tragic events
0: mm-hmm.
2: which on the other hand like there are massive and tragic events they're just not in America so these the true not would be out like maybe you know that's his short-sightedness too but i I think it's still a fair point that that he's making the statement that things. Are getting better, better and yeah. people are realizing the negative impacts they have on other people yeah. and not doing them. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay, well, cool, <laughs> cool. I came upon the theory by accident. Yeah, <laughs> no, and
1: that's that's the great thing about these book reports is you know this is this is the first time that me and Zach actually talk about these books.
2: Yeah, we don't pre-talk about these things other than the just the general like yeah, I liked it, or, uh, I'm not feeling this one.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So it's always nice to sort of, because I, like I said, I usually have some questions for you to see how you felt while reading a particular section. And it's always very interesting to me, at least, to sort of get your takeaway, because I do feel like, you know, we do sometimes have differing opinions on particular things, which I think is great for at least this cast, because... We can sort of come at it at different points of view.
0: Yeah, because everybody
1: has their own different points of view. So it's it's very fun for me to sort of like talk about these things and work them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I hopefully mean, it's why fun. Doing it. It's hopefully yeah, fun to the audience as well.
2: Yeah, you guys are hearing breakthroughs live. Well, not live, but you know, yeah, <laughs> recorded in real time. <laughs> um. So yeah, like matters of life and death. Um. The, you know the group of heroes that have assembled at this point yeah. um which now includes um abra's father and her pediatrician who is also yeah um connected through dan the, the shiny aa yeah and not he, the shiny oh AA. Yeah, 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 yeah
1: yeah
2: um and so they pl- hatch this plan to kill the knight
1: hmm
2: um that's largely what this one is i feel like matters of life and death it's either the shortest one or it could have been the shortest
1: yeah yeah it kind of dragged a little bit yeah
2: well i mean it shows how powerful abra is because i think this is the section where abra has a vision of that kid that had the measles Mm -hmm. and where he's like his baseball glove or whatever yeah and so dr stone and um or not? is it stone is it stone or dalton
1: think it's Dalton. okay the the doctor,
2: the the doctor that he has a connection with um and um danny go to where abra says this kid is buried and they mm-hmm. find his remains yeah um and they're very careful like to outline yeah we're just using cash we don't want to have any connection near this yeah like, because like we just got to make sure that this is actually what's going on yeah, the... um because abra says she can feel like the bad people coming Mm -hmm. right um so roof of the world is the fourth section um i had some feelings about this like they vary so basically momo um jack's or not jack yeah well the woman that jack had an affair with, with the one that danny um or dan is uh his half sister no his Step
1: mother, I mean not, yeah,
2: not really anything to him, but yeah. she knows who he is and who he's related to. Uh, she's also dying of lots of different types of cancer.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and Dan basically uses the Shining and takes her steam, yeah, into himself,
1: which is interesting because this is like really the first time that
2: he's done it yeah. but it's like it's a physical version of what he was doing mentally with the monsters in the box i think is he was yeah. containing it yeah because he doesn't get sick mm-hmm. he while he's holding on to it he like he starts looking gaunt and the doctor's like are you okay and he's yeah. like yeah i'll be fine whatever like it, i'll be fine
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and he's he's holding it so that they can kill the threat to Abra um, Rose the Hat is the leader of uh, yeah. the True Knight,
1: and she kind of uh, she senses Abra, and she knows that this is a powerful source of steam. Yeah, and she kind of wants to use her as a, basically a cow to like milk her of the steam. Exactly, but use it as a renewable source since she's so powerful. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and so basically dan releases all of momo's um sick steam into rose yeah it's contained though so he's not going to die but he it like doing that kills rose and, mm-hmm. and all the others my bad feelings about this chapter um because they're at the campground that's built over the overlook
1: yeah so he they
2: sees Jack Torrance's ghost. Yeah,
1: and they kind of have a reconnecting.
2: It's kind of hokey, and I like. I get that. Like, i, I don't know Stephen I feel... King was was trying to clear up a misconception of The Shining, and that like, especially with the way that Jack Nicholson, even though it's a timeless, it, like he's yeah. he's still through and through a bad person. Like, yeah, he's not a good guy. He's
1: not. Yeah,
2: but in the if you read the book, Jack Torrance is complicated in a realistic way he's Mm -hmm.
1: he's not like a a cartoony villain or anything like that he's a a multi-dimensional person he well yeah
2: like stephen king does a good job writing him because i feel like with with jack in the shining he makes it about it's not about whether Jack is a good or bad person, it's about the, dis- the choices and the decisions he makes. Yeah. And he ends up making some bad ones, but that doesn't make him a bad person.
1: person. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I feel like that there are clearer ways for him to do that than bringing Jack in as a, like, force ghost, almost. Yeah. I mean, um, again,
1: it's kind of hokey because... Yeah, or maybe
0: don't
2: even touch it. Like, maybe just be that the unspoken thing. Because when you yeah, look too much, it's.
1: Yeah, but again, your like climatic uh, finish is going to be at the Overlook Hotel. And it does seem like a good opportunity to kind of open that up. And yeah, like you said, maybe tie some loose threads together or yeah. loose ends um, and uh, have this like. Re, uh, have this uh reunion with with jack
2: yeah yeah um and let's see uh the last section is until you sleep mm-hmm. um i really liked the section um so did i it's it's interesting that so Dan, like I said earlier, in Prefatory Matters, he does the horrible thing. He makes the bad choice of just leaving, leaving this kid yes. that he knows is probably going to die. Mm-hmm. And so he sh- he, he's he been sitting on this and hasn't shared it in AA. And so when he's at the AA meeting, he, he finally breaks down and shares it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me that he realizes as he's telling it that he's boring them yeah (laughs) like some of them have done worse things like it's finally him accepting that like i was saying earlier it's not about whether you're a good or bad person it's about the choices choices you you make make. yeah um because like people are just people and he's he like he accepts that at the that the person that he was at that time that was the only choice he was capable of making. making yeah um because yeah like and stephen king knows this better,
1: all too well yeah better
2: better than than i do but like having sat in on aa and na meetings um, oh right yeah you with, have yeah I, I took um uh, substance abuse counseling courses
0: yeah
2: um and and one of the requirements was going to AA and na meetings oh yeah um, what he has written about <laughs> Even though Stephen King is, does a very good job of making it, making it horrific, mm-hmm. um, when you when you hear it the way that Dan describes it in "Until You Sleep," having been in some meetings, there's worse things that people have done. Oof, there are yeah. there are legitimately worse things, and it's you you can't judge someone because that's not the person they are. That's the choice that they.
1: Make. Yeah, and again, you know. Usually, people are under the influence, and again, no excuses or anything. It's not like an that. excuse,
2: but like people, but. Are, like it's decisions that people make. Yeah, it's it's not it, it it's not a, a question of character.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. The other thing that I felt was really strong in this is, uh, we, and we didn't bring him up earlier because he's kind of a throwaway character. Is Carling is a oh, an yeah. orderly where Dan works, and he he gets fired. Mm -hmm. um because dan catches him um
1: kind of abusing basically uh, yeah Yeah.
2: abusing like he he gets in a fight with him and and he catches him abusing uh patients yeah Um, he sees
1: like bruises on their arms on their arms yeah Yeah. Yeah.
2: um but carling comes in to the hospice care because he's been hit by a, a car and is in a coma and dan being um telepathic uh gets summoned by the this cat that lives in the hospice that kind of knows when everyone's going to die yeah and so it goes to to carlin's room and so dan sits with him and it's just so sad um it. yeah because like even though this guy is presented like our only interactions with him are that he's a shitty person but yeah. like dan sees that he's um like he he doesn't live a great lifestyle like he's alone he has no one except his dog and he's terrified that his dog is going to be stuck in his apartment yeah and so yeah dan like lets him like eases him in in the transition by going no i'll
1: i'll make sure yeah your
2: dog and blah blah blah. um it's very sad yeah (laughs)
1: and i mean it's Definitely a powerful ending. I, I like I said. I really enjoyed the um, that last section, and um, it is interesting that this book is kind of like redemption a little bit, like yeah. um, again with with Dan seeing his father at the Outlook, or the Overlook Hotel and um, sort of Dan dealing with that um, substance abuse, and I'm again I'm don't know much about like um counseling and stuff like that but hopefully some people read this book who are struggling who are going through like low times in their life and i do feel like this book can be a little bit of a a, a help yeah do you i mean
0: for... uh
2: i mean i i don't think that anyone who has a uh a crippling substance abuse problem would probably read this book but um but yeah like i i would hope that that if someone is going through bad times that they they find the wherewithal to get help Mm -hmm. Um, because again like i said like like i think stephen king is saying it's about decisions you make and getting help is a good decision
1: yeah yeah definitely
2: yeah Um, actually, um, before we do our, the movie time Mm -hmm. thing, um, I want to talk about final thoughts for this book because, um, I feel like having talked through this book previously, Mm -hmm. I had given this book a lower score.
1: Okay.
2: Um, talking through this and coming, coming upon some of the realizations, I feel like it's a stronger book than I gave it credit for initially.
1: Yeah. Um, and again, you know, we don't really talk at length about the book yeah i know um you previously asked me about the book because i read it um a bit ago and i kind of came out with a um with a meh impression but kind of reflecting upon it now and thinking about it yeah i would i kind of bump up my score a little bit yeah well
2: so i i bumped mine up to a b plus which is what i gave uh the shining
1: okay yeah i would probably still give this a solid b okay um
2: so less than the shit because we agreed on b plus for the shining yeah like. and and so so what what makes this not as good a, a follow-up for um, you? like what what's the weak point for you
1: i i feel like so the shining is more of a psychological thriller sure um this book is not that. No, 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 um, no, This book is definitely not a psychological thriller. It's
2: more about action in this book. Uh, yeah, I
1: and I do really like the themes of this book. Um, but really, you didn't have to read The Shining to read this book. Like, if you picked this book yeah. up... You could have watched the
2: movie, maybe, and gotten the same thing. You might be confused as to why Halloran's alive. Yeah. But why but you could, you could have read this without reading it like just having cultural awareness of what the shining is yeah um you could you could pick this up with no problem yeah
1: and i really like the decisions i really like um i i always love stephen king's writing i think he writes really well i think he writes from experience so it's it's strong and powerful i feel like the true knots were kind of hokey a little bit um yeah with them being like monstrous vampires and stuff like that yeah um i'm not saying that it got too sci-fi for me but like with the shining it was more of a thriller uh spirit sort of mystery thing where like the shining was very abstract and you you know you knew some of the limitations but you didn't know like all about the shining with this book diving more into explain what it was and with these like monstrous creatures and stuff like that it got a little hokey for me yeah um and then you kind of with them owning the overlook hotel you kind of knew where this was going to go yeah i um, mean
2: I, again i i think that the true knot are like you said they're hokey yeah all means that i agree i feel like it's a he- heavy-handed. Um, comparison he's making to older people who tend to like just tune into the the like the horrors of the nightly news.
1: Yeah, the sort of feed upon that. Yeah,
2: yeah. and you know those are the people that can afford to have property all across the U.S. <laughs> yeah. know, like I feel like he's making some commentary on that. Too. Yeah, and I, I um, think yeah, that like there were better.
1: Like... There was probably a better vehicle to maybe. Yeah. Do oh that. no, I'm not
2: disagreeing yeah. with you. Yeah.
1: And and that's I mean don't get me wrong, I gave it a B, which means I enjoyed this book. I just feel like *The Shining* was a little bit stronger. It was a little yeah. bit, it was Stephen King in his heyday. Yeah. Um, and you know, it this is a good book, but I feel like *The Shining* was was better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, that's why I gave it a, a lower grade, but not by much. Like I said, I gave yeah. *The Shining* a B plus. And I'm giving this book a B.
2: Yeah. I I my original score was B minus, and so I bumped it up
1: to a B plus. Okay. So. Yeah
2: yeah so a b is about where we're settled on it um so
1: you think that it's equivalent to the shining, like you think in that- different
2: ways yeah okay. yeah i I think it's it's equally its strengths are equally as nuanced and subtle as the shinings are
0: mm-hmm.
2: I also think its weaknesses are similar to the shinings and that like the shining leans heavily on the like spooky empty hotel yeah and I like kinda... this leans on the kooky like old people and caravans that live on the highway and like yeah because i mean they're they're the reason why they end up in colorado again yeah you know like they're 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 literally the antagonists of of this book and so yeah i feel like they're the weakest points of this i feel like if you had dan Torrance just doing his job there's no like there's no conflict there there's nothing to push him into making that realization yeah Yeah,
1: but like in the shining you know yeah jack was the antagonist but like it was it was very nuanced i feel like well the house was the antagonist well the house was the antagonist (laughs) yes but again i feel like it was very nuanced where the true knots it's like here's your villains you know these are the people that you're supposed to root against
2: yeah and i mean but i mean this doesn't take away from any stephen king i don't think because
1: i I don't yeah like we
2: said at the top he's so prolific yeah even weak stuff that he writes it's like okay there's like 10 other things he's written in the same amount of time that are like either better or equally as good yeah and again
1: i think we're just kind of nitpicking yeah exactly you know it's a a strong book and i would definitely recommend it to somebody oh yeah these are just little nitpicks for us
2: yeah um, so yeah, I I do recommend you read it if you like Stephen King. I mm-hmm. feel like it's it's um it's not one of his classic, like more well known works. No. But he does some interesting things in it that like I said, this is this is probably the third time I've read this and I didn't come upon some of these realizations until we were talking. Okay. And so I feel like it's better to talk about these these books yeah. to, to like get more out of it. Because you know i i know what i'm thinking when i'm reading something mm-hmm. but having to verbalize some of the things i'm seeing i can make these connections that i may just read over or skip over
1: yeah and again you know we come at it with different viewpoints so it's always yeah. interesting to sort of see your viewpoint as well yeah and you know we're not like classically trained but we both went to a pretty liberal arts school which taught us critical thinking critical
2: thinking and um Um, my experience with counseling came in handy with this since aa is such a huge focus
1: yeah and again Um, my creative writing came into this because i'm always interested to see people's like writing styles some of the choices that they've made and things along those lines and again i enjoy stephen king's writing i i think me too yeah i think you know his his older books are a little bit better than his newer stuff but again you know That was, like, the heyday of Stephen King, so... Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, Okay, so with that, we'll go to movie time real quick. Uh, All right. We're going to put on our sleazy Hollywood producer caps. Yeah, Um,
1: I actually did not know that they were coming out with a movie.
2: Yeah, um...
1: I was surprised about this.
2: I, I knew they were coming out with one, but I figured it was one of those things that would just get trapped in development hell, but there's trailers online now.
1: Yeah, I, I gotta take a and look at some out, of these I trailers. coming out, I think, in
2: November of this year. Oh,
1: wow. I think. Do you know who's directing it? Um,
2: I don't. I okay. want to say it's... I don't think it's Mike Flanagan, but that's the name that popped in my head. Huh. But I... Interesting. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Um. So, for Danny, or Dan, mm-hmm. um, he got accused of ripping off Jack Nicholson a lot yeah. in his earlier career. I have, in my head, Christian Slater oh that's a good one because he he does a lot of the similar things to jack nicholson yeah and he'd be about the right age to play dan dan yeah in the movie and i feel like he's a very strong casting decision especially if he really nicholson it up yeah um to be be. like yeah he's that's jack that's jack torrance's son (laughs) yeah
1: um and again i'm horrible at people's names so i'm probably just going to say their role in a previous one but the guy who was in Venom, the new Venom movie. Oh Tom Hardy. Uh, yeah, Tom Hardy. I think Tom Hardy would be a good uh Dan Okay. Because he's, he's a
2: little bit too bulky, I think. Like, yeah, too... if
1: he slimmed down a little yeah. bit, I think he would be like Because he's good at like playing those rundowns. Like
2: muscular yeah. Like yeah. he's he's good at playing like broken characters. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think, I think
2: Well, Hollywood has decided to cast Ewan McGregor. Which I think is a horrible choice for Ryan Dan Torrance. McGreg- yeah.
1: What was he done? Where is
2: the He's Obi Wan. Oh, 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 right. Yeah, prequels. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: Your favorites. Yeah. <laughs> How could I forget?
2: <laughs> um. Yeah, I think he's not the right yeah. choice Strange. for it. I feel like it's really weird. I feel like it's one of those things where maybe you and McGregor read this yeah. and decided I want, I want to be. In be-. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: yeah interesting
2: um so for stone i have uh fred armison oh um, oh yeah yeah kind of kind of weird and yeah that's quirky yeah like i feel like that would work
1: i, I think so too I, w- I would agree with that pick uh yeah i mean he's weird and quirky in portlandia so i think he yeah. can definitely pull it off
2: um well they hollywood has casted robert Longstreet who i don't know who that is I don't know who that is either don't know what he's done
1: again i'm not great with names though
2: so. um john dalton i had donald Logue. he's um i think his name is bullock he's in um the gotham tv show
1: oh okay i'm not sure who i cast i don't really have a good um, uh
2: yeah uh bruce greenwood is the god i don't know anything he's done <laughs> um rose the hat i had allison brie
1: allison brie huh because
2: i feel like she could do a good job of being like quirky and not yeah. off-putting and then really fucked up
1: yeah um gosh i'm trying to think come back to me on that one
2: okay uh well hollywood has cast rebecca ferguson um rebecca Ferguson. okay <laughs> for the podcast listener i just shrugged and shook my head i had yeah, no idea i have no idea what these people have been in i just got yeah. these the, this cast list from um wikipedia okay right. uh, and i didn't bother clicking to see because i i wanted to see who they cast very quickly and then i was just like oh i i don't have the time to dive into this article or look at these movies
1: yeah again i'm really bad at like actor's names yeah yeah so you'll have to forgive me on this one
2: um andy the um true Knot character that uh is the uh, lesbian that gets attacked in the theater and the true not take in when she yeah kills the the guy i have ruby rose um she's kind of, she's uh going to be the new batwoman
0: oh on okay the
2: channel
1: oh
0: cool
2: um I just kind of envision her as being good for this role because yeah. Andy in this book is is portrayed as kind of opportunistic and tougher than she at first appears. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's a good role for her.
1: Yeah.
2: Hollywood casted Emily Allen Lind.
1: Okay. Okay. No, okay. okay. <laughs>
2: um Crow Daddy, who is Rose the Hat's lover and second in command. Yeah. Um, I have George Clooney
1: oh okay yeah i could see that i could
2: see him like roughing it up Rubbing, looking it, like, yeah. a, like a weird looking biker yeah um get on his leathers hollywood casted zon mcclarnon okay Alright. There's a lot of unknowns on this. Ewan yeah. McGregor's the only re- which, no. I mean, just is... speak to the strength because you don't want to have preconceived notions of people. Yeah. But I'm casting people I know, so there's no way for me to cast an unknown. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, and no one would know them yeah. if you said it. Like, our listeners would be like, who's that? Yeah. Why, um, why is he casting like, Joe Frederick Fred?
2: Chunter? Good job. Smith. <laughs> Smith. Uh for Abra I have Amy Beth McNulty. Um she is on Netflix's and with an E. Um she plays Anne. with an E. Um yeah. <laughs> Anne of Green Gables. Oh okay. Um yeah. Although that that actress I think is a little bit older, older. because Abra is supposed to be like 12 or 13.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah.
2: That actress I I would per- guess is probably 16 or 17. But I don't know kid actors because I don't pay attention to kids because I'm not a weirdo. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm glad you had to say well, that.
2: Well, I just feel like it, unless you're a casting director, it's really weird. Or, or unless you're a casting director or a parent, it's <laughs> really weird and, to be a middle-aged man and, like, no in-and-out child star. I feel like that's
1: there's something weird there. That you should personally. be on a list?
2: That you should be on a list somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, if it's not, if it's not your job or you do not have children yourself.
1: um, Oh, Zach. But anyway. These golden nuggets.
2: I'm just saying like, there's no reason for me to like, cause I mean, I watched Anne with an E, but I still had to look up who that actor's name is. Yeah. Cause it's a Like, I don't care. Like, yeah. I just know the adult actors because they're adults and I've, seen all of their other movies you know like the names sink in a little bit more
1: um you wouldn't pick like the girl who does 11 from stranger things or no okay all right we're moving we're moving
2: that's typecasting i feel like like i feel like she's gonna get stuck as like the super (laughs) special girl with super secret powers powers, i like i there's other people that can play other things yeah <laughs> let's not cast millie bobby brown and everything
1: <laughs>
2: she's good yeah, like no, i'm not I'm, I, know. I wasn't yeah I know,
1: um, I know i know i i knew that was going to spark a little uh, i was just poking the bear a little bit <laughs> uh well hollywood
2: hit for abra has casted kylie coran which i mm, yeah that's that's their list Yep. Yeah. okay cool um so yeah that's who i envision in the roles the major roles um and that is our review of dr sleep boom um Um,
1: yeah you should if if you listen to this and you're kind of confused maybe listen to our uh, shining one and uh you can put these two together yeah yeah
2: um so that means that our next um book club Pick is your pick yeah <laughs> um and it is robert Heinlein's the cat who walks through walls yeah comedy and, of manners
1: and if um that name sounds familiar he wrote uh the waters of mars as well as storm Trip troopers
2: yeah starship troopers yeah oh, or starship those, troopers uh stranger in a strange land is when he's oh n- yeah really not known waters, of for waters of mars is a book that he wrote okay pick, okay i think
1: yeah i think so too
2: um Anyway, like he's he's uh, well known in obviously sci-fi communities, but also in a lot of poly communities, as far as I can see online. Um, yeah, like that seems to be. Um...
1: He definitely wrote. It's it's definitely strange. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not sure if you would have read this book on your own, but we'll get to that. Okay at our next book club yeah
2: we'll talk about it at our next book yes yeah, so, so that's
1: that's a, a cliffhanger that's what they call a cliffhanger yeah.
2: so we'll uh we'll we'll look at that next the cat who walks through walls by mm-hmm. a comedy of manners by robert Heinlein. um
1: but check us out on facebook we uh, have a lot of stuff coming up
2: yeah we have uh nerd fights going on um which we update those every couple of days so keep up with the brackets we'll start uh slowly sprinkling in our prizes again. So every yeah. like, share, or subscribe is or an comment. Entry. Or comment. Uh no, no comments. Oh. Okay. No. Like, share, subscribe. I okay. Uh, maybe comments. Maybe we'll do comments. Um maybe depends on comment. what you write. Yeah, depends on what you write. is an <laughs> entry to win a special prize. Yeah. Um we will announce that after our next nerd fight, which is nerd fight seven. Mm-hmm. Um so uh yeah uh convention schedule we post that on our facebook it's pinned to the top so keep track there yeah check it out
1: see where we're at
2: um and yeah with that we'll see you guys next week
1: yeah remember be kind rewind stay golden pony boys and girls see you later bye